Welcome to the Future Smart Parent Podcast, a place where my mom explores how to help us kids develop a new set of skills we need to face the future with confidence. I'm Jude Filston, an introverted mom trying my best to raise kids who are happy and confident, kids who embrace all that makes them unique while preparing them for an exciting future that really looks nothing like the world we grew up in. I believe there's a whole set of skills that our kids aren't being taught. These skills will be critical for them to develop in order to thrive in the future. It's up to us as parents to help them develop these skills. The Future Smart Parent podcast provides resources for parents and kids who want to be ready for all the ways in which the future is going to be different from today. We will explore this future together, bringing insights from top futurists, resources from smart people working on making our lives better, and most importantly, stories of parents who are parenting a little differently, yet very much intentionally for a changing world. So join me as we explore how we can be future smart parents raising future smart kids. Welcome to this episode of the Future Smart Parent Podcast. Today, we are talking with Kate Farina from Be In Touch, uh, and we are talking about family tech habits, um, specifically tech habits, because I know that for me, it's just really difficult to break some of the, the tech habits that I've developed these last few years. Um, and although I would love uh, Kate to wave a magic wand and tell me um, how we can sort of train our kids. I'm very much aware that it's a family um, uh, habit that we have to that we have to build. Um, I know that things are caught, not taught, and as difficult as that is for us parents who are also busy on our phones, I think it is something that we very much have to be aware of. So, welcome, Kate. Thank you very much, Jude. Lovely to be with you again. I um, We know all of this stuff. Uh, I get sucked into my phone when I'm bored and then I kick myself because there's so many things that I could have done with that time. I know that I sleep better at night um, when I'm not on my phone for like an hour beforehand, but too often I get drawn into just social media or watching something on Netflix and then just before I go to sleep and and I know that it impacts my sleep um but saying that I still do it and that's my mature brain so let's jump in um and chat about these tech habits um I think first and foremost I want to know like why do we it's a silly question but Uh, why do we have to help our kids develop the right habits rather than leaving them to their own devices? Why do they need our help? Well, I think, first of all, um, I think we need to remember it's not just them, it's us too. So we are Mm. equally sucked in and compulsively drawn in by the devices and by the apps and games on those devices because that is how they design. There are lots of very well-paid designers that are working around the clock to make it so. So we, um, yeah. we're looking at something that's a whole family challenge from adults down to young kids, um, a lifelong challenge. And modeling and building and refor- reinforcing simple habits that have a chance of sticking, I think, is part of future-proofing your child. Uh, and it's good for your whole family at the same time. 
Totally. There was a documentary that we watched. Uh, it was it, it went wild a year or so ago, and I always remember in that documentary. You probably know the name of it. They, were, they had three little men, and they were like, "Ooh, Jude hasn't uh, watched uh, <laughs> Facebook. She hasn't she hasn't watched Facebook. Let's push a notification her way." And it's so funny because since watching that, and I see these notifications on Facebook, and it, it does. It gives me that dopamine hit, and I'm like, "Oh, it's that little guy at Facebook, and he's just pushing the notifications." my way it's the social dilemma yeah that's right if you're going to put some links for your listeners I think put the link for childhood 2.0 because I think that also deals with how uh, social media pulls kids in and how it's designed you know to tap into that need for likes and for social positive reinforcement I will put both of those links down below good watches exactly exactly okay hit me with your top tips or or rather habits that you suggest are important for families to develop or build on okay so i just want to just touch on broadly this concept of having family tech rules that the whole family buys into in the last couple of years especially when we were coming out of our COVID isolation there was a lot of focus on how much screen time was okay obviously because kids and adults all spent a lot more time on screens, whether it was for work, homework, school, or just for fun. And we were trying to separate this idea of educational screen time from entertaining, at the same time trying to apply the World Health Organizational Guidelines, which is still a useful barometer. Um, You can grab them off our website. It gives you a bit of an age-related guideline around what's appropriate. At Be In Touch, we thought that using this concept of a wheel of life was a good way to approach it because we've all only got 24 hours a day represented, if you will, by the spokes of the wheel. And once you've allocated segments for all the essentials like sleeping and eating and exercise and school and homework and sport and hobbies, chores, family time, then that's actually what is left for fun screen time. So it's a really good way for families to have a look at it and to help their kids have a look at it because you're right, it does end up taking much more. You give it a little little bit, you give it the hand and it takes the arm before you know it. But mm. we've actually also moved on quite a bit in our thinking. It's much more than the how much screen time. We've shifted a focus to the what, the when, the where and the with who because all of those are just as important. So what is the content of that fun screen time? Does it add to or take away from what you're trying to teach your child in terms of their values and beliefs and how they're growing up? When are they on their screens? So is it affecting one of the other essential wheel of life segments like sleep or nutrition or exercise, family time? All of those are incredibly important to supporting teen mental health. And then where mm. are they on the screens? Is it is an area of the house that will enable secrecy about what they are accessing? And with whom are they interacting online? Do they know their online friends in real life? And do you know who they are interacting with online? So these are all the questions that a family needs to grapple with and chat about with, um, with a view to agreeing their joint family tech rules, which doesn't need to be anything particularly complicated. It's just the boundaries that within your family, you're going to agree on and that you need to keep each other honest on. So basically that becomes a blueprint for your family's tech habits. And then some of these can be reinforced in a contract or a pledge with each individual child as they get a tablet or a smartphone or even a gaming console. And those are the 
specific rules and boundaries about how you see them using their device. So what are the screen time limits going to be? How and when can they share information with others online? What apps and games can they download? And at what age are you going to allow them to do that? What kind of online behavior do you expect from them? And then what are the responsibilities and most importantly, the consequences if um, those rules and boundaries are not met? So applying the loan and not own principle when giving your kids access to devices really helps to set, help you set those boundaries around the use um, and to clarify what the consequences are for misuse and then most importantly, implementing those consequences on this learning journey and you know this process of trying to help them embed good digital habits for life. So yeah, I don't know if you've tried tech you know family habits and or rules in your in your house um this is a great concept overall concept i think to start with i like i really like the idea of the the wheel um i had forgotten about that um and i think it's a great visual for the kids and for ourselves to see um and i also like the way that you've named it the fun screen time limits because to be honest that's where we have the gray area in our family in the afternoons when the kids come back from school and they want to my little guy will be like oh mom i want to research motorbikes and then i'm like ooh is that research is that fun uh, like it gets a little bit gray area-ish um I mean there's you know when he wants to play games or whatever that's that's a very easy fun um but I think having the wheel will be a really good visual uh, help for for all of us just to see okay like where is your playtime? where is your you know your outdoor time so um I I like that yeah we've I mean our our fun time starts at at five o'clock and they get an hour and a half of it and we've you know it's a, it's an evolving thing often mm-hmm. I will admit often they'll be like oh no we don't want to come for a walk to the beach because we're on tech or they don't say because we're on tech and I want to go through the roof and so then that's the constant conversation that we've got to have is like yeah. guys when you're choosing tech or playing Roblox over a walk on the beach with a family, like then that's probably a problem for it's a problem for me. Um, so then it's a conversation that that we have whether it's you know whether it's yeah. wrong for them. I'm not too sure. Sometimes they do just need to hang out with their friends yeah, online. Exactly. And screen time's great. We all love screen time. So whether it's a TV, whether it's a, a tablet, whether it's messaging your friends or it's playing a game, I mean, all of those go into screens. So it's just a matter of saying, well, how much of the you know that pizza slice of 24 slices? How much of that am I going to take out and give over to screens? And how much am I going to use for exactly what you're saying? All the other important things, which are so developmentally important as well mm. for young kids, getting them moving, getting them interacting in real life with other people. All of that goes towards developing fully functional human beings, adults that can fly the nest. And hell, that's the definition of victory for every single parent that I know today. I was actually having a conversation with, uh, she must be about 24, um, and we were talking about her growing up. And she herself was saying, even though we had all these really strict rules, it's, she still finds it difficult 
uh, for certain things. She still finds herself getting sucked in, but she is so grateful that she's got those boundaries. So at least she's aware of it and it's a constant work. You know, she's got the, the foundations, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. and is aware of it. Hit me with your top tip. Well, exactly what you're saying. I think these are just about bringing the consciousness up to you know high level, that throughout life you can keep rechecking yourself and thinking, oh yeah, no, I must, you know, I've, I've slipped a bit. Let me recheck. So mm-hmm. I think number one for for us anyway is phones out of bedrooms at night. We could add out of bathrooms too. I can be very honest here that we haven't quite got that one right yet, um, <laughs> but. Of all the habits to start early and be consistently non-negotiable, and I, I think this is the one, um, in the work we do with uh, tweens and teens, they all tell us that the prime time for cyberbullying, stranger contact, and pornography is late at night. So it's um, really a perfect storm of unsupervised, tired brains making bad choices. We can prevent that as adults. Hmm. Maybe you're still getting there, but... How? I mean, I suppose it's just parenting, but it starts to make my heart beat a little faster thinking that I need to put my phone in a different room because my phone is right there next to me at at, at bedtime. Is it really that bad at nighttime? Yeah. So, um, you know, from a most basic viewpoint, sleep is one of the most key elements for all of us, but especially for developing brains and bodies. And if you're child's device is in its room at night, I can guarantee you that they are being developmentally compromised. They go to sleep later than they should. They wake up in the night either because notifications are beeping or they get up to go to the loo and then they check their phones and then they're awake again out of the sleep cycle. They wake up earlier than they should. Um, So just generation is just not getting enough sleep. And even for adults, you know, we might think we've had a good night's sleep, but our subconscious is still being interrupted by lights glowing on our phones, you know, noises going off. So it is good for all of us to sleep with our devices out of our rooms. And I'm talking phones and tablets and gaming consoles, um, any device that your child computers that would have access to in the night. So while you're sleeping, they may well not be. So this is a great way of really short-circuiting this idea of tired brains making bad choices because they are it's it's so compounded when they just are sleep deprived so we just say get an alarm clock get a flashlight you know if load shedding is an issue and they can't see at night just get them out of bedrooms at night pick a charging area that's not easy for them to get access so you know what about your adjoining bathroom off your room or somewhere downstairs that you know they're not going to be able to creep around at night. Get a charging station. Um, I've got a couple of charging stations in our house, one one for guests when they come and um, one upstairs in our bathroom that's just off our bedroom. And it's a habit every night. Yeah, like like snails, they come, but they they come slowly to dock their phones before they go to bed, and it's just it just has become a habit. And hopefully, it's one, you know, if we do it enough and we do it consistently enough that by the time they're eighteen and they're heading off to their next round of studies, that it'll become something that they just automatically do um, and, and and try and implement as a lifelong habit. 
uh, when you say your docking station, what exactly is that? It's just they, they just all just plug their different devices in and... and yeah, so I've got a charging station which has got, you know, sort of like supports that you can put tablets and phones in and they've got little charging ports. So mm. everyone sticks their devices in there and they stick the, the charger in and, and that's kind of like the, the device's bedroom, if you will. They all sit there in the charging station and they're as happy as clams and so are we. And, and I presume in your family um, there's a cutoff of time just to make it um, yeah. to make it easy for everyone yeah, yeah. to so, understand. I mean, different yeah. age children. So, yeah, they each have their own cutoff when they need to dock the, the, dock the phone. And, yeah, so it's also, you know, before bedtime. So we don't have these, you know, wired up brains and, and eyes that have had screen time right until – you know, the very last minute and then can't fall asleep. So, yeah. I think it's a difficult one, um, but I think it's one definitely worth uh, getting right. Um, mm. and, and we know the, the importance of sleep. There's enough science behind it that it's critical for not just the kids, but, but for ourselves as well. And I know exactly what you're saying. You get up to go to the loo in the middle of the night and you can't help but check mm. your phone. It is mm. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but it happens mm -hmm. every single every single time. Okay, thank you. That is a good one to start with. Tip two, I'm almost too scared to go, is there another one? Because that sounds quite hard. That's <laughs> not hard. It's not hard, I promise you. Once you start practicing, it's, it's actually not hard. Device-free meals. So we use meals to sit down and talk and connect and catch up. And I'm not talking about, you know, always say always conversations that are, you know, real deep, dark, navel gazing, um, just, you know, even chit chat. Sometimes your, your teens and tweens are not in the best of moods, but that's also okay. But it's one of the best times to find out what's going on in real life and in online life and use it for having discussions early and often about some of the tricky things um, about the good the bad and the ugly of the online world and the offline world talk about cyberbullying the pros and cons of being an upstander if they've seen somebody being nasty online debate things like whether nudes ever really die and what happens if they if they receive someone one from someone what happens if they send one uh, chat about impact and consequences of online pornography on the brain, the body and the relationships. Role play how to deal with unwanted and maybe inappropriate contact from online strangers. Ask them what the funniest or the weirdest thing was that they saw that day, online or offline. And um, tell them also what you saw. So it's a, it's a sharing opportunity. But you can't connect as a family if you even have one person who's distracted and continually on their devices. And so though, although it sounds simple and, you know, like a no-brainer, this is something that really does have to be part of a family tech rule. And this is also kind of a, a habit that you could extend to include every now and again device-free family outings. So you could try a whole unplugged day, like the odd Sunday or, or a day on holiday perhaps. It's going to be weird and, you know, maybe one of you will have to have a phone because you might need Google Maps or, or whatever it might be, but maybe you're going to leave it in the cubbyhole and you'll have to be the enforcer to get it going. But try just once and then check in as a family. What did that time feel like together? What did you do together? Did, did not, not having the devices make it feel better or worse because we're so attached and connected to them that it's quite scary to go unplugged but it's an amazing 100%. experience in terms of being able to have that connection time with your family and 
um, it's a little bit more than, you know, what we might do walking around the corner, walking on the beach, you know, playing soccer in the garden. This is a this is a longer and extended period of time that can freak us out, take us to the edge of sanity. But you know what? It's also good for us. This is a little bit off the off the topic, but not really. I was talking to someone last week and they were battling with the mental health of their young teenager and she only had access to what's not only, she had access to WhatsApp. She wasn't on social media and her phone broke and and it was her fault and her parents were well that's that's it it's it's that's a consequence there's no new phone and the mom is just overwhelmed and and really overwhelmed with the change in her teenager who is now engaging with the family she is engaging with her community she's doing some volunteer work the community is engaging with her so her self confidence is growing she's got a purpose purpose um and it's the mom was just telling me how absolutely overwhelming this this experience has been and she feels Mm. like her child has been saved um Mm. and and yeah (laughs) exactly so when you step away from your tech it also gives you the opportunity to be reminded of life outside of of tech i suppose um, yeah, and, and again, we're not saying take your your phones away or the devices away from your kids. That was an extreme case, but I, I like that idea of of having a day without tech for the entire family, and that mm-hmm. reminds me of around the dining room table. So we have that rule of no phones around the table. But I have to be honest, we're much stricter with the kids. If I get a work phone call that's coming in that I think is important or could be important, I will often take it. And that's not fair on the kids because why is it fine for me for that, you know, 14, not even, it's half an hour for a meal. So there really is no excuse. It shouldn't be a daily thing of, sorry, kids, I've just got to take this call. It's work. Sometimes there is, you know, there's really important stuff and there's an emergency or there's things you can't avoid. And then it's a case of saying, guys, you know, I'm sorry. I, this, I know this is our family rule and just ask your permission and your forgiveness. But this is why I need to, I'm expecting this call or I need to take this call. This is why I can't wait. And, you know, at least put it out there. You know, if it's not the norm, if it's the exception, then that's, yeah, that's part of life too. You've got to deal with exceptions. But I agree. But what I'm saying is that it was becoming the norm in our, mm. uh, around our table of almost, yeah. Um, my work is more important than your conversation and yes of course sometimes it is it might be a valid excuse but sometimes it's just like oh well you know someone's phoning I should pick it up no like let's set the let's set the um the example for the kids of I'll phone that person back after supper or or whatever okay um do you have any other tips well, I think the last one is quite a broad one. It's it's our check-in and check-up tip. So we've dealt a little bit with check-ins. You can use your family meals to do a little bit about that, talking to your kids. But, I mean, you can also do it in the car. It's also a great place to keep checking in while they're helping you do stuff around the house or in the garden. That's when you'll get some insights. Sometimes you won't, um, but they'll know that you're always there to listen if you keep prompting and asking and, you know, starting conversations. Checking up is really about checking the phones, tablets, the gaming consoles, the TVs, the computers. So whether you do it by literally picking it up and going through it, or you have parental controls that give you alerts on the stuff you need to know, 
you absolutely have to check. So there's no privacy online. Everything our kids say, receive, send, download, upload, all of it is stored, screenshot, sent on, commented on, saved somewhere. And they need to know that as early as possible. And obviously, when your kids get a lot older into their teens, you know, so that process can be loosened a bit. But we've got to remember as parents that the, the tween and teen brain is still work in progress. So the prefrontal cortex, that's the part that's of the frontal lobe that's responsible for skills like planning and prioritizing and just generally making good decisions, is the last part of the brain to mature, only at around 25. And our challenge as parents is that in the teen years, um, that part of the brain is not developed yet to degree to help them fully control their impulses and desires especially when it comes to online risk-taking. And that's why it's so essential that we don't lose them when they start going on to the online world because that's when they really need us to help guide them to make the right choices or to respond or rectify or learn when they don't make the right choices. And we can help protect them to a point with parental controls and filters and limits um, on their devices and on their apps and games, which are all an absolutely essential part of online parenting, by the way. So making sure that all devices have content filtering, that safety and privacy settings for each device and each app and game is in place is crucial. And it's a lot of work, but all of this will help protect them to some degree. But over and above this, you need to still keep checking in and checking up all the time. And then most important, be ready for when you find something that you need to help them deal with or if you're lucky enough that they come to you for help because this will be your test or your defining moment in parenting it's going to be the predictor as to whether they will likely turn to you again for help and the next time it might be an even bigger issue so whatever the issue is you'll need to stay calm breathe and reassure your kid that you are in their corner first and foremost and that you've got their back together you'll figure out a plan or a way forward together and you'll help them get through this and then you've got to prove yourself. You've got to do exactly that. That is so powerful, that constant reminder to us of exactly that, of being calm and almost just being ready for it because, let's face it, if our kids are online, they could be exposed to to a whole um, bunch of stuff and it's just being ready for it and knowing how to respond. Uh, sure, that's given me quite a bit to think about. Thank you, Kate. Docking stations for getting phones out of rooms at night, mealtimes, alarm clocks. <laughs> Gosh, Back I mean, do you, even, do you even get alarm <laughs> clocks that aren't on the phone? That's hilarious. I'll, um, yeah, you even do, yeah. <laughs> and then for me, that last one of just being ready for, for when your your kids do come to you um, and to, just to keep having those conversations, right? Um, thank you. I know that, that Be In Touch offers a variety of resources for parents who are um, helping their kids with their technology and, and parenting their kids on technology. Um, I know that you offer a device advice session for parents um, because let's mm -hmm. face it, this can get overwhelming for all of us. This feels like there's a lot to get our heads around. Um so I'll put your details down below as well. But thank you very much for the work that you guys are, are consistently doing doing in the space. Please go and follow Kate and the Be In Touch team on their social media. They're putting out tips daily 
um, really practical advice. So I will link to that uh, again. So thank you, Kate, for really for, for all the help that you're giving us parents. And thank you, Jude, for helping us think differently about how we're all parenting our kids. It's a big world out there. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Future Smart Parent Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. As always, you can head over to www.futuresmartparent.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. See you next time.